Thank you, Carlos. All right, we're, we're rolling. We're live. Um, I, uh, we, we are going on a journey this morning, so um, we're gonna, I'm just going to jump and dive right into it. Um, I, my goal that I have uh, challenged myself with is to make sure that I leave time for questions and for interaction, okay? So if you look at your handout, um, I wrote a little vision statement for myself. And uh, you get a chance to, to look at it, too. But it gives, a, gives you some insight into how I think, kind of how my brain works. But uh, here's my assignment to teach a biblically-based, interactive, practically instructive class about parenting through the various stages of life from pregnancy through maturity. Um, kind of inside of that statement, um, interactive, that's where you come in. Practically instructive, I'm going to try to hit that as much as possible. But I think your questions and our Q&A time, our comment time, will be really uh, helpful as far as making it practically instructive. And then um, that last phrase there, pregnancy through maturity, um, just as a little, uh, I guess, a preview of uh, what the lesson is about. Um, we, uh, Kim and I chose the word maturity. I had adulthood in here, but we changed it. We changed it to maturity to try to encompass more than just raising our kids until they're adults. And hopefully as we go through the lesson, I unpack that. Um, that'll make a little bit more sense. Okay, so now I'm going to slip into coaching mode. All of you know that I'm a coach and uh, I'm an instructor. Slip into coaching mode. When I get my hitters together, because I have a tendency to go off on rabbit trails or maybe say things that don't make a lot of sense, and I work with young players, um, I always try to make sure that I, I say what I want them to come away with before I get into whatever it is I'm trying to teach them um, so that they don't get lost and I don't get lost. So here's some takeaways. They're on your handout, and there could be more. So be prepared to add to this list, especially during uh, um, some uh, exercise that we have coming up later that I call Table Talk. Here's four of them. The Word of God, specifically the Gospel of Jesus Christ, is, essential, is an essential truth, uh, the essential truth in parenting, and applies to, throughout all the various stages of parenting. That's building upon the foundation that's been laid in this class, the, the foundation of the Gospel. Um, I love this uh, quote and included it here. The Gospel isn't one class among many that you'll attend during your life as a Christian. The Gospel is the whole building that all the classes take place in. Rightly approached, all the topics you'll study and focus on as a believer will be offered to you within the walls of the glorious gospel. That's from C.J. Mahaney. It's also in our, our gospel uh, primer for Christians. And so to look at this topic, which is very specific, um, and try to go to the word and try to find specific commands, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. Um, but as we look at the gospel holistically and think of the gospel as applying to everything that we're going to talk about, every stage of uh, the parenting journey, if you will, then I think that will help it make sense a little bit more. So we're thinking gospel, just as the foundation's been laid through um, the pastors that are presented beforehand. Um, the, the second one, you know, aim for the heart. Always aim for the heart. And I, I included this because uh, I know it was really an instrumental doctrine or teaching in my in our lives as parents to aim for the heart aim for the heart oftentimes you'll get the behavior um, if you aim for the behavior oftentimes you'll miss the heart and when I think about that to unpack that a little bit more um, think about the compliant child or the obedient child 
Um, especially if you have multiple children, it's really, really easy as a parent to just enjoy their obedience, um, enjoy their compliance, or enjoy their pleasant nature, and, and not ask what's going on below the surface. And sometimes there's a lot going on b- below the surface that, as a parent, you want to be aware of. Kids are really smart, and they can figure out how to make things go smoothly. But sometimes in their heart, and this is my test, part of my testimony, sometimes within their heart, they're, they're uh, in Hebrews 3, that within them is an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. And so even with our, cl- uh, our compliant children, we want to make sure that we aim for the heart. When, when we find them obeying or when we find them repeating back to us, which brings joy to our hearts as parents, um, truths from the Bible, go a little bit deeper. With our kids that are a little bit tougher to parent, it's a little easier to know that we got to get to their heart, to know that we have to get below the surface. It's frustrating at times, but we kind of know, hey, I have got to get to, way, to the way this child thinks and how they process. So that's why we want to aim for the heart. Um, we need vision and evaluation in our parenting. This is something I learned preparing for this class. And w- one of my main takeaways Our children grow and develop, so must our parenting. Um, For me, being a grandparent right now, it's a good time for me especially to evaluate what is my role in the life of my grandchildren and how am I doing? Um, We'll talk about that a little bit more. We'll unpack it. Um, One never stops being a parent. This is one of the main takeaways. Uh, Parenting just takes on different forms over time. We'll unpack that a little bit more uh, as we get, to get into the lesson as well. I talked a little bit about my story. Uh, you know, given the time, I know that it's, it's written there. Um, I'm, I won't go through the whole thing because, again, I want to make sure that I, I hit my, my goals here. But um, uh, just going back to before I was a dad, so about 35-ish or so years ago. Uh, Jordan's 30. Um, so this would probably be 1983-ish or so, Kim and I are talking about getting married. We've been dating each other for a while, but we're having these conversations that probably a lot of us have as, you know, do you want to have kids? And how many kids do you want to have, you know? And so as a young guy, you know, um, I wanted to have a family. We agreed together. We wanted to have family. We wanted to have kids. Um, I also have to let you know that um, I am the youngest in my family and also the youngest in my generation. So there are no babies in my generation younger than me. So I didn't, know, I didn't grow up around babies. I was the baby. And uh, I brought all of this into parenting. Um, I knew I wanted to have kids because kids are fun. Um, you know, they, they're so adorable. They're lovable. Um, to be transparent with you, it said something about me, that I could have kids, and that I could have a family. Um, a lot of stuff was going on that once our kids came, needed to be kind of undone, unraveled, and informed. That's the point of telling you that part of my story. You know, just thinking about some influences in my life. My mom was a huge influence upon me. Um, Many of you may not know my story, uh, but my dad passed away when I was nine. And my mom raised myself, my two older brothers surviving, and my cousin, who was living with us at the time, a young adult cousin living us by herself. And uh, she's my hero. Many of you know her, 95 going on, 96 years. Just the grace of the Lord just walking. If she's ever around, you have an opportunity to talk with her, take advantage of that opportunity. 
Um, she's, she's, she's loaded with wisdom, and she's living history, if you think about it. Almost the entire 20th century. She, and, she, and her memory is really good. So, but she's just a powerful influence on me. Also, along the journey, Bible studies, sermons, seminars, books on biblical parenting that we read when we realized, whoa, kind of don't know what I'm doing here. And Kim's a little better than me, a little further than I am, but I need to figure some of this stuff out. So that's really been a blessing along the way. Um, Again, as I mentioned, I think already, one of the most powerful books was Shepherding a Child's Heart. The right book at the right time. Matter of fact, I remember when we read through the book, Ted Tripp actually came out and spoke at Cornerstone. Some of you may remember that. I was like, wow, where has this been the last 10 years? I could have used this back in 1985 when we found out we were pregnant with Jordan. And then, of course, the ministry of our equipping pastors. You know, I remember one, one session I was having with uh, Milton. It wasn't even a formal session, just down at the office helping out. And we were, we were going through uh, some parenting challenges with one of our children, who shall remain nameless to protect the innocent, <laughs> but, uh, or the guilty in this case. But anyway, I, I was just frustrated. And, you know, I mentioned my frustration to Milton and I won't get into all the details, but, but Milton's response to my, my frustration reshaped my vision for my son. I gave it away. Got two choices, 50%. <laughs> but anyway, I just, uh, you know, the, the, the ministry of, of our pastors, the ministry of our elders has been huge in my life. Um, 28 plus years as parenting, I did the math yesterday. So how long have I been at this, you know? But, uh, but more than that, you know, Kim and I were talking, if the Lord allows maybe 40-plus years of uh, what, I, what we call intentional parenting. The first 28-plus years were intensive parenting. We were the only parents that Jordan, Justin, and Kayla had. But maybe more than that of what we call intentional parenting, specifically here at Cornerstone. Um, let me give a definition. Parenting is a raising of child by its parents some definitions, the act or process of becoming a parent, the taking care of someone in the manner of the parent. That's from, all from Webster's. Keep those definitions in mind as we proceed. Um, parenting goals. And we're, gonna, we're coming up on our first table talk time here. So um, here are some goals of parenting, but I want you, if you can, to add to this list. Um, prepare children for eternity. Okay evangelizing our children, Pastor Milton did two weeks ago. But just, you know, just studying for this class, it, a part of our, our pleasure as parents is to be the primary ones to prepare, prepare our children for eternity. Um, you know, if they graduate from college, have great jobs, have great families, um, if, attain all the success in the world, literally, but they don't know Christ, what is a prophet, right? That's what the scripture says. So not to lay a heavy burden on us, but just to help us to remember what a great privilege we have. We'll unpack that a little bit more. Prepare them for maturity. Um, and again, some of these conversations and teachings from Pastor Milton specifically, but also from Pastor Mike. I remember him teaching a lesson, actually a sermon, talking about the myth of adolescence. That really had a ton of impact on me, and our kids were further down the road. But um, preparing them for maturity. You know, um, Milton was probably the first person 
to introduce me and Kim, I think, to the concept that our, our kids are going to be married someday. And especially in their teen years, to begin to relate to them with that thought in mind. Like, my, our sons are going to be husbands, and, and my, our daughter is going to be a wife. And, uh, it, and it impacted our conversation with them. Um, so uh, preparing them for maturity, becoming uh, parents, and then, of course, uh, to take their place in the building of the kingdom of God. That's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Um, but there's a lot in there, isn't it? There's a lot in that statement. As much as we love our kids and we love family, um, we have to be willing to let them take their place in the kingdom of God, even if that means Timbuktu. And I know that's hard, but God is going to call some of our children to some place other than Cornerstone and some area other than Riverside. And uh, that's, that should be a joyous day as they take their place. Okay, so now here's a table talk exercise. Um, find someone... Uh, I guess the way that we're, we're seated, <laughs> it'll make it easier. May, two would be ideal um, without too much movement, I guess. If it's someone, if it could be a, someone other than your spouse, but if, if not, that's okay too. The, the object is, is to, to get to interact on what's been said so far. So that's your assignment as, sa- as said there. Share a thought or question which comes to mind as to uh, what, is, what I've shared so far. So go ahead and take three minutes to do that. All right, you guys aren't enjoying the table talk at all. I can tell by the level in the room. But if I could uh, have your attention back, um, why don't you take about 30 seconds, and if there's anything you want to jot down from the table talk. I tried to leave a lot of real estate on the uh, handout on purpose to give you room to make notes, and so you want to jot something down from your table talk. 
also on your notes, there's a, uh, uh, on the back page of your notes, there's an area uh, that I think it says for further study. Um, you could jot it down there if you wanted to. And so we want to try to keep not only this lesson, but the entire class alive and active throughout the week. Okay, well, let's get into the Word for a little while. If you have your Bibles or your apps, if you want to turn to um, Ephesians chapter 6. While you're turning there, um, why Ephesians 6? One of the, uh, I remember a couple years ago, the fathers received on Father's Day um, a book, the small book that we were, we've been giving out for a while. It was called Gospel Meditations for Dads. And, um, uh, and, there was a, a lesson in there, a, a devotional on uh, Ephesians 6, 4. And w- what was brought out in that, that uh, devotional is that it's, uh, there's, there's really only one command uh, to fathers in all of the New Testament, directly to fathers. And uh, there's a parallel um, with this passage in, in uh, Colossians 3. But um, I thought I would, we should dive into this this morning because um, it really gives us the biblical basis of what we're doing uh, as we parent through the different stages of life. So let me read um, beginning in verse 1. Hopefully you got uh, there. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. And then here's our passage for right now. Uh, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction or instruction of the Lord. So let's make a few observations before we start to take the verse a little bit uh, apart a little bit. We won't be diving too deeply, but um, we have two commands here. Uh, One one command is negative and one's positive, immediate observation. Um, The commands are contrasting in nature, and we know that because of uh, the, the contrasting conjunction, but, right? Um, and then you could translate it as, or you could think of it as, stop doing this, but instead do this. This is what Paul is saying. Stop doing this, but instead do this. Um, these commands are connected to the overall command to be filled with the Spirit from uh, chapter 5, verse 18. So Paul is continuing in his thought of what it means to be Spirit-filled, how the Spirit-filled person lives out their life. It's also connected to the overall command in chapter uh, 4, verse 1, um, to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel calling and to the gospel truths that Paul has presented in the first three chapters. And we know our formula, right? Gospel, therefore, imperatives. Gospel, therefore, imperatives. Always the gospel first. Uh, Very important for me to, to, to learn. I had a tendency before we began our emphasis on the gospel some 10, 15 years ago, I would just go straight to the imperatives. Just, just let me know what I need to do, and I'll do it. Not understanding the importance of the gospel and under, not understanding that the gospel is the material that we use in carrying out the, the imperatives. I know it's been um, well laid out in this class, but just a reminder there. Also, um, just for us guys, notice that, that the, fathers, the fathers that Paul is addressing are active. You know, he says, stop doing this. So there's something that they're doing in trying to parent their children. And then he, said, inst- he says, instead, do this. We want to be active as dads, right? We'll come out later as we get into this first part. Um, fathers is, uh, it's, it's masculine. 
Um, it, it could be translated as parents, but it always includes fathers, okay? So this is being addressed to us as parents, but specifically to us as dads. We are the responsible ones. Um, do not provoke your children to anger. Let's think about the negative part of this command. What does it mean to provoke, um, to irritate, to make angry, to exasperate? And then here's some ways that we as fathers uh, or parents can provoke our children. This is directly from preceptaustin.org, which is a resource that I highly recommend to you. Thank you to Kim for pointing me in this direction. But um, overprotection, showing favoritism, dismissing them or being dismissive, failing to listen to them. As Kim and I were going to this li- through this list, she mentioned, you know, especially our teenagers, failing to listen to them. Um, too lofty of standards, um, especially when it comes to um, not commending them, not celebrating their progress, not even recognizing their progress. That, those are two loftiest standards. Excessive discipline, we've talked about that. Um, anger, anger, m- moment of transparency, big one for me. Not a whole lot to go as gentle as I seem. I, uh, I have a temper, and it's a volcanic temper, and far too often that has been displayed toward my wife and my children. Something that, through the gospel, I've had to make progress in. Unreasonable demands, just, just demands that our kids just can't meet. Um, also, fault-finding, neglect, and emotional absence. We have an opportunity to talk a little bit more of that. We've got a table time coming up here. But, but and then we have our but, our contrasting to, uh, conjunction, already explained that. Bring them up, what does that mean? Uh, to nourish up to maturity. To nourish in general, to nurture, to bring up from childhood, to raise a child to maturity by providing not just for physical, but also for emotional and soul needs. And guys, uh, just a reminder, we're the ones that Paul has in mind when he's given this command. I don't know about you, but when I read about that, I'm not naturally a nurturing person. Um, But I need to learn how to be more of a nurturing person, more of a relational person. Um, and then, uh, so we're bringing them up. What are we bringing them up in, Paul? Um, in the discipline, which is paideia. It means to provide instruction with the intent of forming proper habits of behavior, of providing guidance for responsible living, of rearing and guiding a child towards maturity. It is a broad term. It signifies whatever parents and teachers do to train, correct, cultivate, and educate children in order to help them develop and mature as they ought. So we've had a couple sessions on discipline already, right? Um, and, and maybe reading this at first rent glance, that's where our minds might go, that this has to do with discipline, you know, whether or not we you know, do the corporal punishment. Do we use the spanker? Do we use the flick? But it's, it's a lot more than that. Paul is saying and, and asking us dads specifically, commanding us dads specifically, parents more broadly, for more than that in, in, in our ministry to our children, in our parenting. And then also, I hope I say this right, but nuthesia, and, and in instruction, nuthesia, literally to put in mind, 
Stress is training by word. So for some of us dads that are less talkative, we need to learn by the gospel to talk with our kids, communicate with our kids, impart truth to our kids, influencing not only the mind but the will and disposition. Just using a baseball term, we just have to coach them up. And part of that coaching them up is doing so by word. And then of the Lord. What, what, what are we doing? What are we using? It's of the Lord. The Lord's discipline and mission. As opposed to how I was raised or what I learned along the way. It's just kind of natural, especially as young parents. We were raised a certain way. And oftentimes that can be our def- default setting. Kind of both ways. Um, we can parent the way we were parented or we can anti-parent, right? If there are ways that we didn't like the way we were parented, we kind of anti-parent. The point is here is to hold all of that up against the backdrop of the discipline and admonition, the teaching of the Lord. Um, You know, you guys, I, I don't have time to tell the story, but you probably all heard the story about the cooking of the roast. You know, why, why, uh, the the roast got cut. And that was the only way to cook a roast. And, and you ask the question, why? And here I am telling the story. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, the bottom line was is that at some point in the family's history, Grandma had a really small oven, and the roast wouldn't fit. So she cut the roast so that the roast would fit in her oven. And then that just got moved down through the generations as the only way to cook a roast, when it really was a step of necessity. And just... When we talked about evaluation in our parenting, having the willingness to evaluate, you know, I was raised this way. I was disciplined this way. But is that what the Bible says? Is that, is that consistent with what the Bible says? And that's, that's the main point, the instruction of the Lord. So here's our summary. In this verse, we clearly see a father who brings his children up in the discipline instruction of the Lord is focused on impacting the heart of his child with the gospel. That is Paul's point. That's what Paul is after. Um, The father's life has been impacted by the gospel, and he's seeking to walk it out in every area of life, including fatherhood or parenting. These commands supplied to all parents. This is Kim helping me here. Um, The Lord would never say, husband, you have to do this. Father, do this. But mom, it's okay. It's okay for you to provoke your children to wrath. Um, No, it applies to all of us. Okay, so why don't you take a couple minutes and um, have a little table talk time about about uh, Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, specifically 4. And uh, we'll come back in a few seconds and continue our journey.
About 30 more seconds if you want to write anything down. Jot down any thoughts for further study or questions that you might have. Q&A time is coming up quickly. All right, let's, uh, let's dive back in here. I think you need to turn the page if, my, if I remember your handout. <laughs> your handout's different than my notes, but... Okay, so, so let's talk about the various stages of parenting. made reference a few minutes ago that this is where we're headed on the journey. Um, I, I, took, I took the title of the, of the lesson literally <laughs> and tried to develop it around the title, um, and uh, through, you know, research and help, a lot of recommended resources are listed on your page, uh, on the back page of your handout, um, came up with these various stages of parenting. Now, in, in a couple disclaimers, um, first of all, this list is not exhaustive, okay? So we feel free to add to it. Um, I would love to, to have it added to. Um, second of all, by giving it in the order um, it seems like a chronological order, but I don't want to, uh, to give the impression that um, it's that clear, uh, okay, that, that, that the stages are that clear, okay? Um, and what I mean by that is this, and in, in, in with one of your children, let's say you have multiple children like we do, with one of your children, um, you might find that there are areas of their life where they're in, in one stage, but other areas of their life where they might not be in that stage, Okay? But I think the usefulness of this, <clears throat> again, as we talk about vision, is just understanding that we're on a journey. And uh, understanding that the journey kind of has a built-in expiration date by God's design. And that we as parents want to make sure that we're prepared as we enter into different phases. And that we're evaluating along the way. That we are developing as our children develop. Our children develop, right? Right? How about the first six months of life? Just think about it with our granddaughter, Raylan, just seeing her on video and her ability to interact on a FaceTime call, the way that she loves on her mommy. And and I'm thinking about back to when I was with her last in person was the week that she was born. Um, She was totally dependent upon us. And now she's developed into a, a child that can interact with her grandparents being video. She thinks I'm kind of weird, but I don't blame her for that. She's probably got it right. All right, okay, so let's dive in. Um, before I do, I, gotta, I have a question for you. How many of us in here are grandparents? Raise your hand. And how many of us are, if you skip to the end, I, I'm not a very creative guy, but are parenting up? In other words, you're, you're caring for someone who is older? Raise your hand. I was going to say, Camila, now you guys are right in mind when I see this one. Okay. All right. So I'm just saying um, there's, there's things here. If we don't get to that because of time, um, then uh, I'm, I just want to cover as, as many of us in this room as I possibly can. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to neglect you if we have to cut things off. All right. Now, let's see. I had one other thought. 
um, oh, it came from a conversation I had with Carlos, and I'll mention this before we dive into it as well. Um, the prices are, Missy, you guys are in different stages at the same time because of the age difference of their kids. And Carlos and I were talking about the fact that Missy, for example, might be parenting Parker, who's seven, who's six, and receive a call for counsel from Paige, right, or, or Courtney, who are 23. So parenting a 17-year-old, flip the script, parent a 24-year-old. You don't talk to your 24-year-old the way you talk to your 7-year-old. So there's, there's moving in and out. Your children are moving in and out as they mature, as they develop. As parents, we move in and out, especially if you have multiple kids. Okay? Kids are all different as well. So, all right, let's get into it. Pregnancy, first stage. Won't spend a lot of time here, but just to get it, just to get in the thought process, especially for our, our younger folks that are, that are just getting here, it's a very important time in parenting. Um, just some, some of the things that are listed there. Uh, bonding with the baby in the womb. You know, talk to the baby. It's important. Important for the baby, and it's important for you, especially as dads. Uh, Mom has kind of a built-in relationship with the baby, but for our dads, it's a great time to start bonding with that baby. Let them hear your voice and get in the practice of talking to them, okay? Um, So let's move forward. I won't spend a whole lot of time there. Uh, The early years or infancy, you know, what are some of the characteristics bonding with, caring for, nurturing the baby? As I mentioned before, they can't do anything for themselves. They need us to do everything for them. And uh, if, if your kids or your future kids are like ours were, um, very exhausting time as a parent. Don't get a whole lot of sleep. And uh, moms <clears throat> more than dads. Um, but being prepared for that, understanding it's, a, it's, a, it's an important part of, uh, of parenting. A lot of foundational things happen in those first six months, both with the child and with the parents. Um, just there's some things there. I'll let you read through that list. And then moving into childhood, uh, beginning to train and establish authority. We're talking about it. Uh, Kim and I were talking about it yesterday with our grandson, Eli. Um, st- started comprehending language and putting things together pretty early. And uh, so it was time to start training really, really early. Um, he was he, he used to get even as a one-year-old, a little bit over one, very, very frustrated because he was trying to do things mentally that he thought he could do that he didn't have the dexterity to do. So he was trying to put together things that were beyond his physical development, and he'd get very frustrated. So Jordan and Corinne started training him, teaching him how to manage his emotions, how to, how to calm himself down, because that's what would happen. And so just as an example, you know, um, for Nora, a little bit different. Different personality, developing differently than Eli. Need to understand that as parents. Our kids develop uh, er, in early infancy, um, but as we get into childhood, we may begin to train one earlier than the other. And then there's the obvious trainings that go with it, you know, potty training, sleep training. Um, all of that starts in, during this stage. Then we get into teen years, and I know that's a big gap, but uh, kind of on purpose, um, preparation for adulthood. You know, I, I know I call the teen years the wonder years. I look back on it and I, I wonder how we did it. <laughs> There's just a lot going on, a lot going on. 
Having said that, I want to back up and just turn around and look back at childhood. Um, Really seize the opportunities that you have in childhood if you're in that stage or you're approaching that stage or you want to be in that stage at some point in the future. Because during those childhood years, especially early on, what mom and dad say is the law. I, I experienced this even as a coach. Coaching Little League, trying to help young guys learn how to play baseball. And giving an instruction and having a, a child say to me, um, but my dad says do it this way. Ooh, yikes. What dad says is the law. Well, how do I coach this kid? Because <laughs> what dad has said and what I'm seeing is a little different. But anyway, um, just, just, you know, I don't want to detract from the point. The point is, is that it, it is a very, very powerful time for us as parents to speak and prepare our, our children for life and for eternity. Because what we say really, really matters to them. Now, skipping to the teen years, as parents, we have to understand as our kids develop, and uh, all of us have been there, um, we begin to hear different voices, and we begin to pay attention, and we begin to ask questions. There's just something that happens inside of us that that's what happens during that stage of life, sometimes a little bit earlier. But again, as parents, as we're evaluating, as we're preparing, um, set the foundation when they're young, but understand there are questions that they're going to be asking as teens that we need to be prepared to answer. Um, it's, it's not just them resisting our authority. It's not just them being defiant. It's a part of their development. And some of the questions we want them to ask, some of the choices we want them to make when we're there to shepherd them, as hard as it is, and I'm say this with a smile, as hard as it is to, to see our kids make choices that are mistakes, that sometimes you know about ahead of time, um, Sometimes as teens, you have to let them make those mistakes and be there to shepherd them on the other side. Okay? All right, young adult. Helping them transition into maturity. I have to thank Brother Alex here. His book is on the, uh, on the recommended reading list here. But um, help preparing them. He, he wrote a book. It's on a recommended uh, reading list. Preparing them for college. You know, preparing your teens for college if that's the way they're going to go. Um, but as uh, just helping them in that transition into maturity, uh, again, not adulthood on purpose. Um, you know, another characteristic of this stage is what I call graduation from the family payroll. Financial independence. This is something that we want to see happen as parents. But we need to train them. We need to train them. And it's never too late, okay? Uh, it's never too late. You know, teach them how money works as you're preparing them for adulthood. Um, you know, one of the things that we did uh, was, you know, we gave our kids an allowance starting very, very early, Larry, Mc, Larry Burkett's ministry, as well as the ministry of so many others, giving them an allowance very, very early and teaching them real, real basics, depending on how young they are, of how to use their money. And we basically had three categories. Give some, always first. Spend some, that's important. And save some. And it was funny, with our younger kids, we always used to find that they would save more than they would spend. Uh, so anyway, but that's preparing them for adult, transitioning from childhood all the way through young adulthood. And then moving on to uh, the empty nest phase, 
see we're running short on time. So uh, empty nest. Uh, you know, and, I, and I wanted to write that um, and talk about it a little bit because, uh, you know, we, 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 if we've created this great family environment and these amazing relationships with our kids, and we've spent 28-plus years, in our case, um, shepherding and being a parent, and then all of a sudden the last one gets married like Kayla did in 2013, it's kind of like, whoa, what do I do now? And there can be a great sadness of, of seeing your last child leave the nest, as much as there is celebration. Um, but, but there's a lot of parenting left to do. There are a lot of opportunities to use what you've learned and to continue to grow and develop as a parent, and they're all around us every day, and that's the point of listing this here. Um, but as far as our kids are concerned, our relationship with our kids, um, embracing and fostering peer relationships with our, with our adult children, treating them as peers, doesn't, that will, will never, it, it never dispossesses or erases the first three verses in Ephesians 6 and Deuteronomy. So there is always that respect there and understanding of the relationship. But for us as adults, as, as parents, beginning to see them as, as mature people and having those types of conversations with them. Um, understanding that, uh, man, by God's design, by God's hope, they've embraced the word of God. They've embraced saving faith. They're walking underneath the umbrella of God's authority. And uh, which makes it easier for us to say, I don't have to be an authority figure in their life anymore. But that's a part of this stage, the empty nest stage. They're under God's authority. They're not under my authority anymore. They're, ma- they're mature. So I don't speak to them as someone under authority like a parent speaks to a child. Does that make sense? Okay. Has to be intentional. It's so natural to slip back into authority mode with our kids. Okay. Um, encouraging fellowship in the gospel, seeing them as equals, again, kind of saying the same thing, but some specific examples there, you know, allowing your sons or sons-in-law to, to slip into the role that you might normally take, dads, as given the Thanksgiving and the Christmas Devo. Some of us, that might be like, wow, yeah, I can't look forward, I look forward to that. I can't wait till that day comes. But, uh, but, but then being sit, willing to sit there and listen, and uh, not just listen, but take to heart, you know, what your son is, is saying to you and uh, just embracing him as an adult and asking them for their counsel and advice on matters. That's, that's really a blessing um, and something that we get to do as we move into this stage. And then spiritual parenting, and then uh, we're going to go into our table talk time. Um, just discipleship within the church. And as I saw there, you know, Ephesians four twelve through 13, you know, God's design, as Paul breaks it out, is that all of us develop into mature men into, into mature men and women until the image of Christ. And uh, who better to do that than, than parents? Very well equipped to do that. Um, I know Carlos spoke last week about, you know, the opportunities to, for ministry, um, to, to minister to those who don't have parents in the Lord or those who don't have parents at all. Um, our care groups, young people in our care groups, just taking them under our wing. And being a parent type to them, spending time with them, lots to do, lots of ways to use these, uh, these skills that we've developed uh, by this point in life. Okay, all right, so let's, uh, let's, 
do a little table time, and then we're at just a real quick table time. Um, anything here, and then get your questions ready. It's time for Q&A. Should I hit it? I just I'll gloss over it. Okay, about 30 more seconds. Good. <laughs> yeah, the table talk time, uh, it's actually coming from baseball. I was going to think more of the question. Yeah, just something I picked up this year in spring training. Um, our general manager called it the meeting after the meeting, and I, I put that on your notes as well. We'll do that after we're done with our closing prayer. But uh, just to encourage uh, interaction, um, he, uh, he, we actually had a session where he took a 10-minute break right after the introduction and said, okay, you guys go ahead and have the meeting after the meeting now. And then that way, we'll, it'll be more interactive when we come back together. So it just, I think, activates a different part of our brain. Um, Kim reminded me of something really, really important that I want to go over. So I'll fly over real quick, and then we'll go straight into Q&A. And that's, um, I think it's letter H on your handout on mine. It's covenant parenting. Again, not, not the most creative person, but um, just it, it's, it's the in-law stage, if you want to, when, you're, when your children get married and... Uh, um, that can be a very, very challenging stage. Um, I chose covenant parenting because Kim and I just, we were just never really comfortable with the whole in-law thing. Uh, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, dissuade anyone from using that term, but I wanted to see our, our, our married children as more our kids and a part of our family. And I, and I really commend that to you. Um, looking at that stage as addition rather than subtraction, as I mentioned there, uh, addition to your family rather than a subtraction. Instead of losing a son or losing a daughter in marriage, that you're gaining a son or gaining a daughter in marriage. And giving some thought as a parent to that relationship, again, vision. What type of relationship do I want to have with my covenant children? 
I want to treat them as daughters. I want to treat them as sons. How do I do that? And uh, Wayne Mack, is, it, it, a resource listed there, has written an excellent, very, very small book, but excellent on that for those of us who are in that stage. And maybe it's not going so well. Or maybe we're approaching that stage. But, um, you know, in line, uh, encouraging children to leave and keep, cleave. Big deal, right? Encouraging them to, to, to leave and cleave. Um, you know, those of us that have married kids, um, sometimes, especially our daughters, you might get that call. Dads, you might get that call. Um, you, you've been, don't take this literally, but you've kind of been the husband in their life. And, uh, and now they're married to their husband, and he doesn't do things quite the way you do. And you might get those calls. And uh, anticipating that. How am I going to support my son-in-law in his leadership of his family? It's leaving and cleaving, and it's a two-way street. That's the main point of, of that. Um, you know, as I mentioned there, you know, just building harmonious and re- uh, redemptive relationships with extended families. You know, the holidays can be tough. They can be tough. For parents, we have to give some thought to that because now all of a sudden, our traditions, our practices need to be modified. Um, how can we work together with our children and with our covenant child's parents and family? And ultimately, those of us that know, um, it's, it's that new covenant family, the one that gets caught in the crossfire. And it can be really, really tough. So us as gospel parents being willing in all humility to, to work, you know, to work through that. You know, when would be a good time for us to spend time together? Respecting this new family, you know, instead of, but we always do this at Christmas. Don't destroy our tradition. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard because those are some beautiful times for a lot of us. As gospel parents, we always go on vacation together. Well, we always celebrate Thanksgiving at Grandma's house. What, what do you mean you can't make it? So anyway, just, just, uh, just some food for thought there. Um, okay, time for questions. We'll do, the, do our best to answer the questions that you have. Jonathan, that was quick. So the question is, how do you find time to develop vision and to evaluate your parenting in the midst of parenting when you have little ones that you need to attend to, you have to go to work, so on and so forth. Hopefully I understand you correctly. And, you know, seizing opportunities along the way, just trying to build it in, you know, build it into your conversations with Shauna, um, Kim and I trying to build it in. At the same time, there was there were some there were some big, big times um, as we were approaching kind of major changes in our family life. We we had some time where we got away, and that's what we did. And I highly recommend that to you. 
um, if you can. Um, you know, we, we're in the marriage series, so this dovetails with the marriage series, but a practical part of our marriages is time alone together. Um, parenting is a huge part of what we do during your stage of life, uh, our stage of life, but paying attention to the marriage and, and also evaluating parenting is a big part of it as well. So along the way is the answer to your question, evaluating, vision, but and conversation with Shauna, um, even conversation if, if, if you have grandparents. I mean, here, this just popped into my head. If, you're, if your parents are, if there's someone who cares for your child other than you and your spouse, having communication with them as well, a little bit deeper than, you know, usually when you pick them up, it's how did it go? But, you know, if there are things that you're noticing, ask him. You know, um, if, if he's been struggling with frustration, how did he do? You know, and, and, and encourage them to be a part of the process as well. Hopefully that helps. Anyone else have an answer to that? Okay, <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to summarize, because it's being recorded, um, or to try to summarize, just um, uh, asking the kids as a part, especially as they get older, asking them how your parenting is impacting them, how you're doing as a parent, understanding that they're young, and they're developing, and they're maturing, and so there may be some things that need to be filtered, but having the humility, I guess, is really what I'm picking up to include the kids as a part of that process, so hopefully I hit that well. Um, you know, you said you made a statement about having a philosophy of parenting. I mean, that's, 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 that's huge. Thank you for sharing that, Kelly. So, Alan, I saw your hand, and then I'm going to get to you. Okay. Okay, so what markers did you look for um, to, to recognize a change was happening or that you were entering into a different phase? Um, you know, I mentioned Eli earlier um, and understanding that he's getting close to the training phase by seeing him, his emotions begin to come out um, differently than they do in maybe a typical one-year-old. Um, time to start training him, you know. Um, some of the training is obvious, like the sleep training and, you know, potty training, those types of things. Um, just, you know, of course, paying attention to them and their abilities I think about, you know, their abilities to contribute around the house and um, having the patience to be, to, to train them in that way. And so, you know, two, two-year-old Eli the other day, I, you know what, I think he's ready. Let me, he loves tools, so I'm going to let him help me vacuum. 
um, took four times longer than it would take for me to vacuum the space, but he loved it. He got to play with the vacuum. He got a little frustrated because it's pretty big and, and hard to hold. So, um, again, just evaluating Alan as, you know, as, they're, as they're doing. Of course, continuing to study and to read up on child development and how child, children develop so that you have an understanding of, of how Judah is, you know, the signs that he's showing that he's ready to move into the next phase. Kim would like to add to that. So to try to repeat what Kim said for the recording, sometimes it, it's, it's friction. You notice there's friction between you and the child, and it could be an indication, an indication that they're moving into a different phase. Kim used the example of, of, of uh, being um, more concerned or uh, more yeah, intentional about what they wear. Uh, you know, when they're, when they're two-year-old, you, you put clothes on them and, and they go and then you change them in the middle of the day because they always get dirty. But now all of a sudden, but doing that with parameters. So if you and Rachel decided that, you know, Judah's not going to wear his costume to church, then, you know, you have to train him. You know, today is not costume day. Today, you know, when we worship, we wear these clothes. So. But, but friction can be a sign. And, and at, to at, instead of responding to the friction, us as parents asking, what's going on? What's going on with the child? Because it, we're relating to them. It's an intimate relationship. It is so easy to just get caught up in the friction that's going on with teens. The same thing. You know, you kind of find yourself butting your head with your teen, you know, all the time. And, and, and so what's going on? Well, it's, it's, it's authority. It's, it's, it's control. Um, it could be something else. You know, sometimes I know, you know, with myself and with our kids, you know, just you just kind of want to have somebody to, to compete with. And so everything turns into a competition. So, you know, maybe it's time to, you know, I'm going to I'm going to step out because it always takes two people to fight. I'm going to step out of the fight and and, you know, go ahead, go ahead. Make those decisions it can be really, really tough. I think you're capable of making that decision on your own instead of fighting them for it. Certain things we draw the line, we're not going to go there. But other things, you know what? We're not going to do this, but in this area, you go ahead and make that decision. See, I saw your hand. This may be the last question here. Or comment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
tons of resources um, to answer your question and to make sure it's recorded. You know, some of us are new to the journey and new to Christian parenting. What are some of the resources that we can turn to to help us think through parenting in the Lord? And um, to answer the question, I know these sessions are being recorded. Hopefully they will be available soon. Specifically, I have the handouts from the previous session, so I do have the two handouts with me on the the two sessions that we had here on discipline. Also, the recommended resources, um, uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart, Age of Opportunity. I I feel like Shepherding a Child's Heart should should be given to every or purchased by every pregnant uh, family or couple that there is. That's, That's how strongly... Uh, the message impacted us, the message of the gospel. And again, aiming for the heart. So I know that's, uh, that's, that's a lot packed into a couple f- sentences there. But, uh, you know, that, if there's one, it, it, the main difference between disciplining and instruction within, in the Lord and anything else is the aim for the heart and not just for the behavior. What is going on beyond the surface? Okay, I'm going to close in prayer. It's time to give our thought to worship coming up here. The meeting after the meeting will start after I close in prayer, and it will last until about 1020. So if you want to stick around and ask more questions, make more comments, feel free to do so. I'm not going to run off, okay? Let's pray. Lord, first of all, just thank you for being here today uh, to the degree that um, we have learned or been reminded or... uh, had our, our thinking reshaped in any way through what was presented is all to your glory. I just thank you and praise you for being a, a, a faithful God, uh, for being our Father, our Abba, as it, as it were, our spiritual parent. And regardless of where we come from, Lord, we can look to you. Um, we can look in all 66 books of the word that you have given us and see um, examples of you parenting your people. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for dying, for paying the penalty for our sins. Lord, as we talked about, a part of our parenting is preparing our kids for eternity. We're so thankful that in you, as we have come to believe, we are prepared for eternity. Lord, if it were to be the case that as we ushered into the life to come, if you were to ask us, who will pay for your sins? The answer is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for being willing to die for us. Thank you, Father, for uh, just it, for teaching us, for giving us instruction, for not just saying, figure it out on your own. Lord, may we use your word, and may it be the material, the prime material that we commit and hide in our hearts to help us to be effective parents. Lord, we do pray for our children and our children to come, just appealing to you, first of all, that you would save them, that you would give them the gift of faith. And, uh, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit in their heart so that they can live lives that are pleasing to you. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message, which is part of Cornerstone Fellowship Bible Church's weekly adult equipping school. Feel free to distribute this message to others but do not alter its content or charge for copies without permission. For additional messages, sermons, or seminars, please visit us online at www.cornerstonebible.org. Once at the site, click on Resources, then click on Sermons, where you may stream or download messages. 
Cornerstone Fellowship Bible Church exists to glorify God by helping people journey from brokenness to wholeness by experiencing the gospel in all its fullness. More information about Cornerstone Fellowship Bible Church can be found on our website at www.cornerstonebible.org. You can also call the church office at 951-781-8174 or visit us at 1190 Columbia Avenue in Riverside, California. Once again, thank you for listening and God bless.